When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Locomotive sipping, drinking Arizona mixtape just around the corner. Did a lot in California. Can't wait to drop this on you. Yeah, they gon' have fun with that. Smash like song, and my song's gon' break through like a running back. Hello and welcome to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. This is a very special midweek show. My name is Mark Hamilton, not joining me today. My friend, my colleague, my neighbor, my frenemy, Mr. Mark Daly. But I've got an even better co-host joining me live. Well, I guess it won't be live by the time you hear this. But joining me now from Brooklyn, the one, the only Seth Whiteberg. Seth, my friend, how the heck are you? Definitely not better than daily. So <laughs> just want to put put an end to that. Uh, but I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm uh, super excited to talk about this season of Drive to Survive and uh, get into it with you. This is gonna be great. One of the most well, I would say, well um, reviewed episodes that we did all of last year, and we did like 75 episodes last year. But one of the episodes that resonated so well with our listeners was the episode where you joined me, and we talked more about kind of the production and the technical side of bringing a show like Drive to Survive to life. But that was almost a year ago. So my friend, for the benefit of everyone at home, what would you want our listeners that maybe are new to the show, maybe can't remember that episode, maybe didn't tune in for it, but what would you want our listeners to know about you before we kick off the fun that we're going to have tonight? Oh, well, I mean, I think the reason I'm here for this conversation is my background is in uh, writing and producing television specifically comedy, uh, social, political satire. So uh, that's my area of expertise. So so I came to Formula One through Drive to Survive. I'm always watching the season with an eye toward the storytelling and story making and episode making. So, um, you know, this season was, was, was no different. And um, I'm kind of constantly using a, a producer brain to, uh, to think through this stuff. And I, I think that'll be relevant to how we're going to try to Make some predictions tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of tee this up, so we're sitting here, we're recording on Sunday. The show's probably going to drop Monday or Tuesday. Friday, of course, is the debut of season five. Incredibly, we're already on to season five of Drive to Survive. And I don't think I need to go back and kind of relitigate how great Drive to Survive has been to Formula One, but it did bring in an awful lot of new fans like yourself. But the reason that we're here today is you and I want to sit down and share some of our predictions as to what we think the producers, the directors, and Formula One are hoping to inject into this season. So my friend, as the guest, I'm going to kick it over to you and maybe let you get this uh, get this party started. Wait, let's talk format for one second because we, we, we – <laughs> and a disclaimer. We have, to, we have a super important disclaimer. We were texting about okay. this. Netflix has released the episode titles for season five. You and I have not looked at them. Right. So I, right. I saw that they were there. I knew we were doing this prediction show. I, I, I specifically did not look. And I'm going to go a step further. I have not looked at a trailer yet either, Mark. 
So I'm, I'm, this is love of the game here. Me either, um, man. Lo- Me either. Okay, great, great, great. So, cause what we decided that we wanted to do is have like a draft. Basically, we're going to go back and forth. We're each going to pick four episodes that we think are likely, you know, from most likely to maybe least likely to be in the season. And then at the very end, we each got a, a total wild card pick of an episode that we are confident will not be in the season, but that we just <laughs> wish, wish we could see. Does that sound, absolutely. sound like what we agreed on? I love it. I love it. And it is, <laughs> okay. you're absolutely right, very much in line with our text message conversation. So with that, my friend, again, you're the guest, you're the pro, you've Thank been you. you've been thinking and <laughs> stewing over this for the last couple of weeks as I have been. Where do you want to start? I'll kick it off to you. Round okay. one, pick one. All right. So to me, the number one draft pick of this season, the undeniable <laughs> has to be an episode is the Ferrari dumpster fire. There is, you know, I think we, like throughout the season, the constant refrain about Ferrari was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're going to win it. When we talked last year, it was right in in the thick of Ferrari crushing it. Um, And then kind of all season, I think like everyone wanted it to be competitive so badly that they're like so much of the refrain about Ferrari was like, can they get back in? Are they going to win? Obviously you talked about all the ups and downs, but in hindsight, when you look back at like everything that happened over the course of the season, it's such an unbelievable killer story. And it's going to make, I, I mean, I, I think there's so much there that they're going to have to seed bits of it all throughout the season. Right. Right. But then I think you're going to get just w- one episode that will be the total dumpster fire. So like, literally you'll you'll get the fire in austria with signs that episode's going to be amazing uh, or that that scene is going to be amazing and all the reliability issues the strategy blunders you've got signs questioning calls over the radio you've got leclerc leclerc's engineer asking him what he wants to do during a race the double stacking at monaco pitting leclerc for the loss at silverstone which then gets signs his first win um, then you get the finger wag from Bonotto after that race. Um, you know, and then apparently Leclerc never talks to Bonotto again after that. Like, that's one thing I'm really excited to see is like that report was out there, right? I, I think I've got that right, that they didn't speak again after Silverstone. After Silverstone. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, Drive to Survive could easily disprove that if they, if they can show it. So that'd be amazing. And then of course, what I think is the highlight of the whole season is the scream is the Leclerc scream in France. He never wins another race. Um, and then if we're really, really lucky, we'll get the Bonotto firing and the Vassar hiring at the end as like a little coat on the thing. Um, to me, uh, unquestionably, that is going to be peak television for Drive to Survive. I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's probably going to be something, like you said, quote unquote, has to be seated over the duration of the series. Like, I don't think you can encapsulate the entire Ferrari experience into a single episode. I think you have to build that out. And I think to your point, it will probably culminate with what we saw in December, which was the, I don't want to say the exit or really the resignation of Matteo Bonato because like people were saying at the time he he jumped before he was pushed from that from that inferno and of course the the hiring and the onboarding of Frederick Vasseur but I think that's a great story and I think that the the series and I think Netflix would do all fans a disservice if they didn't try to address that multifaceted story through the series that is of course Drive to Survive is it my turn do I get to go now yeah, man. When okay. Your first pick. Go for it. I would be. I would do a disservice to both of us if I didn't use an NBA 
reference on this show. But you and I both love the NBA. We talk about it all the time. And if you're not an NBA fan, I would say this. Peak NBA interest happens at a couple times each year. It happens around the trade deadline, and it happens around the draft and free agency. And one of the really cool things about this past Formula One season is that in the midst of a championship that wasn't so great because it kind of flamed out a little bit early, we had maximum interest on the sport right at the cusp of the summer break. And it was fairly layered and fairly textured, but the gist of it, of course, was that Alpine announced on the heels of Fernando Alonso shocking everyone and announcing he was going to to Aston Martin that Alpine announced that Oscar Piastri was going to be their new driver, to which he immediately denied on social media, only to sign a deal with McLaren on the heels of McLaren negotiating basically an exit deal for Daniel Ricciardo. And again, I always... I always summarize general fan interest by the downloads in our show, but that show was probably, we did that show late June, early July, 40% bigger than anything in the two months before or after it. So I know people were super interested in it, but it just, to me, it just smacked of the NBA, which is kind of this free agent drama and suspense and tension. And it was just so good. Now, I don't know how they're going to package all of this up on Drive to Survive, but I think that's a story they have to touch on. 100%. And and the two scenes that I'm like, one I, that I know we'll get in that episode and one that I hope we get, one is that also gets us DeVries at Monza. So DeVries filling in scoring points great at Monza. One. Yeah, great because call. Because that's, like that's like an interesting little chess piece in all of it. And then the the part of Silly Season, the one scene that I'm like, praying we get and I don't think we will is what I'm referring to as the decisive Dutch dinner, which is the dinner that Nick DeVries and Max Verstappen have in Monaco, where DeVries says he was talking to Williams about a seat there and then ultimately decides after having dinner I love with it. Verstappen I love it. To, to talk to help to call cold call helmet Marco and he ends up at Alpha Tauri. If we get anything from that dinner, I'm going to be over the moon. Oh man, that would be, that would be incredible. My friend, you are up your second pick. Okay. Um, f- just for the record, uh, silly season was a hundred percent. My, my Scoot Henderson uh, on the board to the, to the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Ferrari was the women Yama here. Um, uh, for, for any, uh, NBA fans. Um, okay. So, but, but my, my, uh, what I'll say the, the, the number three pick in this draft has to be Max is back, baby. He's back on Drive to Survive. Um, and what's what's crazy about that is um, this was kind of – this season of Drive to Survive has the potential, actually, I think, to be much more like the early seasons because the actual competition was so bad. <laughs> you know, the actual, like, championship was – was over so quickly um, and was was really not that competitive after the first few weeks that I think um, you can lean into some of these other fun stories. So you get Max here, but because Max is so dominant, I don't think it's a very interesting story. But what is an interesting story is Max versus Checo, baby. <laughs> that is what I'm super excited about. You forget that like in Saudi Arabia, Checo got his first ever pole and then Max wins the race, you know? And then, of course, the 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 one that everyone's going to be watching for is Monaco, where Checo crashes out during quali. This is apparently the reason why then in Brazil, Max refuses to let Checo pass to get two extra points, which didn't really matter in the long run, but clearly is like a juicy storyline, you know, and all of this coming like 
right? You're, you're going to get the story. It wasn't Checo's contract extension. Wasn't that in Monaco? You get that hot mic moment where he like basically admits to signing a deal that people didn't know about. So I think you're going to get a ton of Max. And, and I think I think what's going to be really interesting in, in this episode, if it happens, is um, finding out whether it, there's enough there for, that Max is like furious and doesn't do Drive to Survive the following season. Yeah. So I, I love that pick. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I absolutely adore it, and my fingers are firmly crossed that we're going to get that story. I'm I'm apprehensive about how much Max we're going to get. None of us know, right? Like, neither of us have seen the screen, or we haven't had the opportunity to sit down and watch the season. Really, nobody has. But I would be apprehensive about expecting too much Max. So I'm bracing myself. I'm being I'm being cautious because I don't want to get too excited. I, I have to say, though, man, and you probably know better than anyone, that this is... Drive to Survive is a collaboration between Liberty and to a lesser extent, the FIA and of course, Netflix, that ultimately the sport has to give away something to make the product compelling and to entice people to watch it. The question is how much are they willing to give away? And I think given how sensitive Max has been um, in terms of his contribution to the product so far, the product being Drive to Survive, I wonder how deeply they're going to get into that storyline. And maybe I'll save that for the end when we talk about what we don't think they're going to touch on. But tease, I think that's probably going to be one of the things. But boy, I would love, I would love if they got into that. There's a, there's a, there's a max event from the season that might be what you're referring to that I won't, I won't spoil in case it is, but I don't know. I think this is like the tension you have as a TV producer, right? Like, yes, there's Liberty and yes, there's, you know, F1 and and the team principals and all these different stakeholders who are like involved in various ways in the production of the show. But if you're the producer and you've got all this footage, I don't know if you're going to be sitting on that footage, like trying to protect it too much. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they were already um, renewed for a season six. I, I, I think it was, you know, so it's like, it's going to happen again. Anyway, but like, I don't know. 
like you want, you're trying to make the best television, full stop. So my next one is this. I think there will be a storyline or an episode that speaks to the trials and tribulations of Mercedes and the W13 leading right up to Silverstone. All the issues they had. Again, I don't think either of us have heard the word porpoising in a couple of months, but throughout the summer, it was prevalent. It was in every second sentence in the converse of the discourse around Formula One. But I think there'll probably be a narrative that talks to the struggles that they had early on, probably get into the zero pod design, talk about the fact that while Lewis was really struggling after that podium to begin the season, that George kept banging out those top five finishes. And it'll probably culminate culminate in a storyline about, of course, George Russell's kind of double victory in Brazil because he won the sprint race and he won the Grand Prix. But I think they'll probably lean into that story, which is there's this this empire like to a lot of fans of formula one they're kind of the the empire they've been so dominant and such a meticulous engineering force for the better part of the last decade that it was great to see somebody else contending for both of those championships but the storyline is going to be hey they were really struggling out of the gate and as the season progressed they slowly started to put together a better and better package culminating of course in george russell's first grand prix victory in brazil 100 percent. this is an episode you got to get Lewis in there. I mean, I'm really curious at what they're going to do with Lewis because you can't just show the guy suffering forever. You got to show him getting out of uh, the car in, uh, was it Baku, where he was like clutching his back? You know, so you got to show that. They're going to hammer the, you know, he's never had a season where he hasn't won a, a, a Grand Prix. Um, you know, I'm curious if they'll get on the fact that like, you know, early in the season, George is grinding out all these like points finishes while Lewis is like forced to like try random stuff, but I'm really excited. I don't think they're going to get too deep into like the, the technical engineering part of the porpoising thing, but I would love it if they like really dipped their toe into like the, I mean, all the reports were that they just, all the engineers were just throwing up their hands, right. And trying to figure it out and, and playing around with the floor and whatever. I'm curious to see how wonky they get with that. And the other scene that is a must in this episode is remember there were reports that there was a blow up between Toto Wolf and Christian Horner at a team principal meeting with Stefano Domenicali about porpoising. This was like before the technical directive came down. TBD on whether that's in the actual episode, but like- Great call. But rule number one of Drive to Survive is when there is Toto Horner drama, (laughs) you put it on the screen. So I would be shocked if that wasn't included in there. You're up, you're up, baby. All right, all right. I've 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 got a few more good ones on the board here. All right, I'll, I'll keep this one brief. I think there's going to be an episode that I'm calling the cost cap kerfuffle. I- <laughs> ah, you, okay. I think I, you just took my Scotty Barnes <laughs> off the board. Because look, uh, rule number one is is when there's Toto Horner drama, you include it. Rule number two is maximum Horner all the time, right? Um, people get sick of it, but they secretly want it. They want to be able to hate all over him. Uh, and the whole cost cap thing is going to be Horner on 10. I don't need to get into to all the, the nitty gritty. Everybody remembers the details, but I do want to take this opportunity to um, <laughs> point people to something that um, I discovered when I was researching this. Cause you know, I was like, I was suspicious about the whole catering story, right? That so Horner, Christian Horner basically blamed, the fact that they had been giving lunches to free lunches to the whole staff at Milton Keynes, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a thousand people a day or whatever, um, uh, as, as one of the reasons for the overage. So I was looking into the catering at Milton Keynes and 
I don't know if you know this. Did you know that there's like a whole convention and event space at the Red Bull factory in Milton Keynes? Yes. Okay. So yeah, 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 I did. So I would encourage people to go to experiences.redbullracing.com because not only can you see about the convention space and whatever, but there is a whole tab all about the catering. <laughs> and <laughs> as a food guy, I was like, okay, I want to see like, what are they serving up here? What are they offering? What, what, are, what are the possibilities on the menu? So you go to the catering page and it is like, okay, right on the splash on the banner, you got some chicken curry with looks like mango and some tomato. I'm seeing a, a, a asparagus and egg <laughs> in the, like some kind of pastry shell, ahi tuna salad, meat pie, smoked salmon sandwiches with, with cucumber on some like multigrain bread. Looks delicious. If I was getting this free food every day, um, yeah, I, I'd be all in. I don't know if you've ever worked somewhere where it gets you free lunch, but it's amazing. No. Oh no. my God, that's the best. And so I don't begrudge anyone. I don't begrudge them for spending the money. I think, you know, t- take that money out of the front wing next time and, and keep people well fed because um, this looks amazing. I've never worked somewhere that has, what's the term in your industry? Craft services? Is that what it means where they set up the tent and they let you come through for your buffet of delicious food? So you have two separate things. You've got catering, which is like your meals. And then you've got crafty, craft services, which is kind of like the table or truck that is there literally all the time where you can just walk Ah. over at any time for your snacks. Um, You know, there's there's usually, that's where like uh, kind of like a mid-afternoon hot, snack will get set up. If you're really lucky, you're, you're somewhere that has a crafty um, truck, which is like you literally walk into the back of it like it's a food truck and there's just like walls of drinks and snacks. And yeah, that's the best. My friend, I'm learning so much every time I sit down and I just want to, and I'm not saying this to pander to you in any way, but knowing that your your journey with Formula One has only been for a couple of years, you're speaking about the sport and the people and the personalities and the teams and the relationships as if you've been watching this sport for decades. So kudos to you because I know you're part of quote unquote drive or gen DTS, but it you certainly don't come across as it, but that's also I think true of a lot of our a lot of our listeners who have probably outgrown Daily and I at this point. But I just wanted to add on the cost cap saga. Um, I totally agree. This has to be an episode. I just. I want to add as well that I hope they tie into this, not just the way that it played out in public, because of course, as we remember, there was that leak. There was that leak that came out prior to the distribution of the cost cap compliance certificates that basically it said, hey, two teams, including Red Bull, had overspent. And then, of course, on the day that the cost cap compliance certificates, that's a a mouthful, were supposed to come out, at the very last minute, they chose not to distribute them. And there was an announcement from the FIA in Paris saying, hey, they're going to be delayed. Um, I just I hope they interweave into this that this was another moment in a long succession of FIA blunders, just the way that the entire experience was managed. And I said this in a spaces chat earlier today as well. They gotta find a way that they they wrap up the cost cap piece in January or February. You can't let it roll into the midseason because one of the reasons, to your point, that this is going to be a story or should be a story on Drive to Survive is it was so disruptive to the entire sport that it became the focal point of fans and analysts and media and reporters and writers for weeks on end, partly because of the leak, but also because of the fact that there was so little clarity about what it meant to breach the cost cap. It's actually one of the only times that, uh, and you, you have obviously a much longer history with it. It's one of the only times actually that F1 to me has kind of reminded me, or the FIA has kind of run, reminded me of FIFA, where you're like, there's just a better way to do this. And it seems corrupt and weird. And like, it doesn't yeah, make any totally, sense that totally. this is taking so long. Um, that just resonated with me. I don't know. 
All right, you're up. I don't doubt, and I'll, I'll just add this one final point. Like, I don't doubt that accounting is complicated, especially when you're talking about a budget of $130 million. <laughs> it's not so complicated that it should happen six months into the next season. Okay, my last one is this. And this one I had kind of added to the list, kind of as like a fifth, sixth point, if you had eaten up all of my topics, which you have done. Um, but Sebastian Vettel's retirement. So of course, Sebastian Vettel retired. He exited the sport. Of course, the four-time champion. I don't know... I don't know how significant or how much screen time this story gets, but I can't imagine we they'll drop eight, nine, ten episodes of Drive to Survive without addressing that Sebastian Vettel is exiting the sport. And of course, he, he hasn't been a champion caliber driver for the last couple of years, in part, of course, because he's been driving um, in Aston Martin. But the last few years, despite the fact that his presence on the track hasn't been um, as prominent as it had been back in 2010, 2013, in his early years with Ferrari, he still had a huge presence in terms of his social justice messaging and his environmental messaging. So I think there'll certainly be a moment during this series where they reflect back on his career. Totally. First off, you have another pick after this. Uh, so get ready for that. That was your third pick. Um, the uh, So you're going to have to pull something out your butt. Um, yep. Here's like, like a big swing theory uh, about Seb, because I, I was thinking about this a lot. Obviously, they have to hit it, but I'm like, how much do you hit it? So here's 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 what I would do, because Drive to Survive rule number three is um, Gunter, Gunter, Gunter. Um, and I wonder, because of the relationship of Schumacher and Vettel, right? And we know that Schumacher's out of the sport now. Don't you try to do the whole, like, because they are they're, have this German connection, right? Don't you, like, weave that storyline together, it culminates with the fact that they're both out of the sport, but in such different ways. And it also lets you, the other thing I was thinking about is like, well, they have to highlight Miami in some way. That was like such a big deal. Great one. Great well, one. Well, what happens at Miami? Schumacher hits Vettel and they crash out. Like, so I wonder if there's going to be kind of like a parallel storytelling with Schumacher and Vettel. You get that Miami thing, you get a whole good chunky episode of Gunther talking about Schumacher not being able to bend the car anymore. Um, that's my kind of like swing theory on that. All right. So I'm, all right, I've got one more pick and you can, I can see your mind racing. <laughs> scrambling, trying to come up with I'm desperately, I'm Googling like crazy in the background for another, I'm literally Googling fifth story from 2022 F1 okay, season. I'll talk slowly. And, and if you need me to, I'll bail you out. Okay. I'm okay. good. I'm good. You can keep your okay. normal tempo. So um, to me, the next undeniable one is the fall of Daniel Ricardo. That you have to, you know, it, what I'm curious is, is how they build it out. You have to do it because it was such a struggle. I'm sure there's some great summer break trip where you're going to see him reflecting and this and that and the other on what he's going to do. Um, it, there's the, him riding into Austin on horseback in the, in the pit lane. Um, and also, I think this is kind of the only place you're going to really get a lot of Lando Norris in the episode. Um, cause I, he's kind of had like a quiet, great season. There's not really a place to put him. So I'm guessing you, you do some Ricardo Norris tension, uh, whatever was there. You, you, you know, uh, try to highlight as much as possible. You get a lot of Ricardo laughing off questions about it, you know, maybe being snippier as things get close or whatever. Uh, and then finally choosing Red Bull. Actually, if you just look at drive to survive as a television show, 
him leaving Red Bull in the first season was was like I can remember my jaw hit the floor when, when I when I saw that, and I didn't see it till twenty twenty. <laughs> um, but as like coming back around on a storyline, that's really cool. So um, I don't know how else they'll build out the episode, but to me, that's got to be a, a, a big element of it. Cool, totally agree, and I think that's a great one. I think my final one. And this was uh, this was one that just came to me. I didn't have to Google for this one, but I think as we talked about earlier on the podcast, Drive to Survive has been such a force for good for Formula One in terms of bringing the product to millions of people that may have only vaguely been aware of it or not been aware of it at all. And I think as a result, it's been this real growth engine for the sport. And I think that certainly manifested in 2022 with the official announcement of Audi joining the sport. And of course, this isn't something that would dominate an episode or a storyline or an arc, but I think there'll certainly be reference to the fact that the sport is experiencing explosive historic growth in a very short period of time. And that's manifested itself in the addition of a new works manufacturer. And I think they'll probably speak to that, whether they get into Porsche, whether they speak to Andretti stamping his feet, trying to demand his way into the sport, I don't know. But I think there'll certainly be a reference to the addition of Audi. And I think the messaging around that will really be, wow, look at where this sport is. We have OEMs, manufacturers that are now knocking down the door to be part of this party. That's interesting. The Andretti stuff, I think, is really interesting and compelling. Um, I don't think they would go there because they wouldn't want to give him the airtime. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but he he's had some interesting, interesting comments. Um, okay, before I give you my wild card pick, I just want to empty the notebook out. A couple other things I think we'll definitely see. I think there's got to be some kind of like table setting episode. Uh, the, the, the opening has to be about new regulations, new year, totally, and then all the totally. Russia stuff. Like we forget the season started with them kicking a a major sponsor out and a driver out. So I think they I think they have to get the Russia stuff and then I think they gotta get K Mag come back. Um, you know, this you know, there there's there's a lot of good stuff with him there. I think you'll get the um I think the perfect way to set up the Ferrari terrible episode and the Max Checo stuff is you have to show the great Max Leclerc battles in those first two races. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the first one is the first episode is kind of a smorgasbord. Um, and then I, I have a couple other little detail-y things that I think they're definitely going to hit. Okay. The, um, uh, I, I want to see some more about the Valtteri Bottas butt pick <laughs> that they... <laughs> Yes, yes, please, please. That has to be like a something. I don't know what, but, but you know. Um, uh, that picture broke the internet in ways that Kim could only dream of breaking the internet. That was everywhere for the better part of a month during the summer. Oh, 100%. I mean, he, he made money off it. He sold t-shirts or posters, whatever. So that's going to be there. And then, of course, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they build Silverstone out as like a really – it's either kind of its own episode or they have to keep coming back to it a bunch because that's also where the, the, uh, Zhou Guan Yu crashes, which great one, totally, totally has to be part of the episode. Um, daily called that out, uh, I think last week. So, uh, a hundred percent right there. Um, here's a question for you before we get to my wildcard pick as, as I keep delaying it is, um, over under 85 seconds, uh, Latifi screen time all season. How much? Do you take the over or the under? I mean, the only meaningful story they can have about Latifi is his fan getting a tattoo of him. 
I don't, I, I just, I, I, I am team Latifi. <laughs> I still have real estate on Latifi Island, but I just, I don't know how, I don't know how you build a business case to have a lot of Latifi airtime in this program, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, unfortunately going to be slim pickings. I think Albon might have a pretty light, you know, other than dying his hair, he didn't really have, and, and a couple of good points finishes. Um, okay, so here's my wild card pick. Here's the episode they are 100% not going to have but I would kill for. Um, have you ever seen the movie or heard of the movie My Dinner with Andre? Yes, of course. Okay, so if people don't know, it's it's Wallace Shawn. It's just like, it, it's an old movie that's sort of uh, known for the fact that they basically don't ever leave a single location and they don't really leave the, the table that they are having a meal at. It's very sort of... So the, the version of that that I want to see for Drive to Survive Season 5 is the Abu Dhabi Seb Vettel retirement dinner where every driver on the grid was there. Um, and Lewis apparently organized it. Uh, there was like, you know, rumors about the bill that were, that were, that were disproven. Uh, I think Albon disproved that on, on a podcast, but like just what the conversations were and the toasts and like everyone talked about it glowingly. Like I'm, I genuinely wonder how, like who sat with who, who were the clicks? I would, I would, I would watch, Three hours of that in real time, uh, obviously never going to happen. But that'd be my wild card pick. To be to be a fly on the proverbial wall for that dinner would be lovely, or even to be a server that just got to come in every now and then and pick up a little bit of the the conversation and the vibe of that session. And I agree; I think that would be awesome. Whether whether Netflix was able to box to box films were able to get their cameras into that or not, I guess we're going to find out. My my wild card, the one that less a wild card, but I think the the topic, and you just actually touched on it a couple of minutes ago, but this one was kind of firmly outlined on my piece of paper here, and I don't think they're going to touch this one um, with a 40-foot pole, but the whole storyline of Nikita Mazepan. And you know, we talk so much about this on the podcast that, of course, the Russian invasion of Ukraine starts and the sport quickly exited the Russian Grand Prix. Fantastic. They absolutely should boycott, sanction the heck out of that country. It deserves it. I just, I think... Again, this is still like Netflix, Drive to Survive. This is still, in a lot of ways, really a big marketing program, a marketing product for Formula One. I just think if they go too far down that Nikita Mazepan path, it asks a lot of very uncomfortable questions, including how in 2022, 2023, is the son of a Russian oligarch able to buy his way into the sport? How in 2022 does an American team have to have a title sponsor of a Russian oligarch? Like how how in 2023 on the onset of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, is there a Formula One team that is being largely financially backed by somebody that has close personal ties to Vladimir Putin. Like these are all questions I'm very interested in and I would love somebody to dig into them. I just don't think they're going to touch that with a 40 foot pole on the show. See, again, that gets back to like the producer tension to me because there is no better villain than the Russians. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm actually fascinated how much they, 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 they do hit it. It's interesting. I hadn't thought about the angle of like the challenging questions that raises about the sport in general. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like dig a millimeter deep in any direction in Formula One, and that's kind of the case. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. the I history the of the thing sport. You were going to say that they weren't going to touch with a forty-foot pole, which I definitely is something that I do not think they will touch. Is the Nelson and Kelly PK oh, story? Good one. Nelson PK's comments about very the podcast racist comments on yep. a podcast about Lewis Hamilton. 
Kelly PK yeah. liking a defense of him. I think she liked a tweet. I mean, you know, whatever that is, but supporting her dad about it. And then Max having to answer questions about it. I think they stay away from that entirely. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. My friend, I think, I think that's it. We sat down. We, we planned to lock this in for about 30 minutes. The plan, of course, is that if you're listening, we are going to regroup next week with Mark Daly, and we are going to review, provide our immediate reaction, talk about the show as it is. So last year, we, we sat down. I think Daly and I sat down on the Sunday night. It's really tough to sit down and digest 10 episodes, 10 hours of content over three days when you've got a family, as you know, my friend. So I think I think we're going to sit down probably next Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, kind of sit down, uh, share our thoughts, share opinions on Drive to Survive season five. But my friend, until then, I cannot thank you enough for sitting down and doing this. Any final thoughts or for our listeners at home, where can they find you and what kind of or what can you recommend some of the great work that you've done that they can check out in the meantime? Oh, sure. um, You can always check out uh, Drunk History, Patriot Act, Game Theory, all shows I've I've, uh, worked on or created um and then um i'm at seth whiteberg on twitter at whiteberg on instagram but i actually because i know you have a lot of new york listeners can i can i plug a live show yeah do it of course so i don't know if you know the comedian jordan klepper from the daily show but we do a uh, a live show here in brooklyn at the bell house in brooklyn every saturday night and we are doing one this coming saturday it's like a live uh, comedy panel show about the news of the week. Uh, Adam Pally is going to be a guest this week. Chris Gethard's going to be a, a guest this week. Uh, Joanna Firestone. So um, should be should be great. I can't actually say the name because uh, Mark Daly doesn't like swearing. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll spell it, which is it's S-H-I-T show. Uh, and you can find uh, info about it. Just Google that at uh, Bell House. I love it. My friend, thank you so, so much for joining. For everyone listening at home, if you like what we do and you listen on Spotify, if you can give us a rating, it means the world to both of us. And if you listen on Apple, if you could give us a rating or review, we'd appreciate it. We will be back in a couple of days with our weekly news show. We're going to, of course, talk a little bit about preseason testing and the fact that we are now just days away from the first Grand Prix of the 2023 season. Seth will be back with both Daily and myself next week, and we will recap Drives to Survive Season 5. Until then, thanks for listening. Bye for now.